Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is February 9th, 2023. How the heck are you? How's your day? How's your week? Hopefully it's good. Um, Hopefully this episode finds you well. That's what we're always looking for. Um, As for me, we can get into it. Um... As you can probably tell, maybe not, I don't know. It depends on when you're listening to this, I guess. This is a Thursday for me, so I'm really just keeping up with the Joneses here. I just can't stop podcasting. <laughs> um, I just was like, I know I have a lot of news on deck, and I don't know. I, I do have this big dream that I one day am just literally podcasting every day of my life. And I don't know why I want that so bad. I don't know why I'm such a glutton for that kind of punishment. But I love this shit, y'all. I really fucking do. I really can't help myself. And, um, yeah, this Thursday thing, me, you know, doing it, you know, doing a five stack, as I've been calling it, it, it's, it's stressful. I haven't eaten. I haven't had a meal yet. Um, and when I say I haven't eaten, I'm being dramatic. I'm being a little fatty fat. But, like, I haven't had, I've just been snacking. Um, I need to eat food. But I was like... I'm going to go through my day. I'm going to work through my shift. I'm going to do my shit. And I'm going to podcast. Cause I, I, really, I really do love talking about news, what's going on in the world, all that shit. Anyway, let's do Food Corner. Let's talk about Isaiah. Let's talk about me. Mwah, more, mwah, mwah. Um, I ate, like I said, a bunch of snacks. I had the, um, I had some like knockoff uh, hostess cakes or whatever they are with the little chocolate and the little icing and the swirl on top. <laughs> it's like the filling in there. I had that. I had a couple of those. I had, uh, what was the chips? I'm blanking on what the chips were. That's bad. That's bad news bears. I just had that. Also, you guys, I'm getting more gray hairs. It's frustrating. Um, I'm like, it's winter time, even though today was like weirdly warmer. Um, it's been also windy, so that's been not warm. But um, I'm noticing I'm getting more gray hairs. I don't like, I, I thought I would like it. I don't like it. I'm going to shave my head soon. Definitely. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, But I had that and some chips. Insert chips here. Oh, Fritos. I had Fritos. I had Fritos. Fritos. I had Fritos. I had Fritos. Um, They were yummy. I will say I always hate the um, corn aftertaste that you get when you eat most Frito-Lay products. Um, But it was good. I enjoyed it. I also had a, um, a NOS. Yeah, we're on the NOS train right now for the week. And uh, what else did I eat? I ate a blood orange. I had, hey, I'm trying. I'm trying to get some balance in my life, in my diet. <laughs> Heaven and hell, baby. <laughs> and I will say, I like oranges, but I don't love blood oranges. At least not the, the batch I got. I don't know. Like, I was expecting them to be tart, more tart. And, um, I feel like the longer I let them get right, the better they've, they've been, but that's not by enough of a margin to make me like them or how I expected them to be. So, um, yeah, definitely going to go back to like cuties or just more normie oranges. What? Like a mandarin? I don't know. But, um, like I said, not much else. My belly is not much in it. My, my tumbly is rumbly. (laughs) I didn't say it right, but we're going to get into some news now. I'm sorry. Um, and and also apologies, too, because a lot of this news tonight, I mean, is serious. It's serious shit. I mean, most of the shit I do cover is pretty serious. I do try to add levity when I can. I do try to get things right as best as I can. But y'all know I fuck up. Y'all know I fall short. And I appreciate every listener that has stuck along with me and sticks along with me along the way. Because... Um, I don't know, that, that that brings a little warming to my heart. I really do appreciate that shit. Um, so yeah, let's get started. Um, from Al Jazeera, death toll climbs above 20,000 after Turkey-Syria earthquake. Human rights groups criticize the timing and content of United Nations aid delivered to northwest Syria three days after the earthquakes. Whew. Now, this is a lot going on. It is also very sad. Um, I want to say the total as of today, um, from Turkey side, it's been 17,406. And then from Syria, it's been 3,317. 
Uh, also, I got to say, sadly, like, this is, at least at this point, noted, like, this is the earthquake natural disaster event of the century. Like, I I remember hearing this shit tee up, and it was really bad, like a 7.8 earthquake. But uh, on this, we've covered earthquakes before. We've covered floods. We've covered all kinds of natural disasters. So I knew it was bad when you're hearing the numbers come in. But just hearing how sharply they rose and have risen every day has been very sad. Um, a lot of the news outlets have been covering, um, gosh, gosh, gosh. They've been covering a lot of like live testimony that like, like, like on the ground stuff. And um, I definitely feel like, it, and, and this is something we're going to get into, but like, you know, from, it's in a lot of Turkey coverage. And um, you're just hearing people literally have to, like, dig members of their family out who have been trapped for days, um, enduring, like, harsh cold, all this shit. Um, and you just hear just the cries and just people yelling for their, their family, like, I'm coming to get you, I'm getting you. And it's very intense. It's very sad. It's very, it's hard, it's hard to listen to. Um because you know that for any and all of these good clips that they get and you're hearing, there are so many just sad, sorrowful moments of people who are like, I, my my family is dead. My, my family is gone. In the blink of an eye, overnight, they're just gone. My whole life is over. There's so many testimonies like that. Um, and there's just something about it. It just... It doesn't compare because of the sheer number of it all, I guess. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, all loss of life is bad for sure, for sure. But it's just, it's definitely hard. It, it sucks. Um, and like I said, we are, you know, getting to the point where, um, yeah, we're passing the 72-hour mark at this point, you know. And that's one of those situations where it's no longer rescue and we are now shifting to recovery. And that's a whole different conversation. It's a whole sadder conversation. Um but, you know, I, I am, you know, personally trying to convey hope and hope that, you know, you're going to hopefully find more people who are still alive and still there and, um, you know, who can be reunited with hopefully other family, you know, other survivors. Um, and honestly, the sad thing about it, too, is that even if you do live, I mean, obviously, that is good. You you survive this this traumatic situation, which also, mind you, it was one big earthquake and then also another earthquake. So it was like two and then also the way earthquakes work is there's aftershocks that are taking place. And, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're sitting in the, in the first day of this whole situation. You just, you're not, you're not even settled. Like this is happening and it's just happening. Like I can't imagine. I've just never been in this situation and to this level and magnitude, it's, it's so intense. Also, there's something to talk about here too. I, I haven't even really hit the article and I got to be honest with you, I'm probably not going to glean too much, but I will say this is probably one of the best articles to hit. Um, just because the slant is definitely giving you a focus on how Syria is not getting as not enough aid. Like they're just not. And there's, there's a lot of geopolitical bullshit at play here, which is very fucking sad. Um, God, I'm losing my point. I'm getting in the weeds. I'm sorry. Um, so much going on with the situation and i've already said before when it comes to like a lot of middle eastern stuff i, I can be just it's, it's over my head it's a lot and i try to learn and there's still so much to learn but um they it's an overwhelming situation right now I'll try to kind of zero back out get back in um it's an overwhelming situation right now the okay the building the architecture turkey is known for having like uh, earthquakes, you know, Turkey, Syria, this area is known for it. Like they're sitting on like two like seismic or tectonic plates here. And, you know, shit is, is, it's just, it's a notorious issue. Um, I think it was in the nineties, 1999. Don't quote me on that exact year, but like that was like a last big one. Um, and then Erdogan has also come out and, you know, he's referenced an older earthquake in the earlier 1900s, like 1937, um, I'm gleaning through dates here. Sorry. Um, but essentially it's Turkey. This area is known for it. And in Turkey, there is supposed to be a level of preparedness at play here because it is a known factor and we're supposed to be able to have the means to get ahead of this. And, um, 
you know, there's architecture that is more advantageous for situations that are in earthquake zones and things of that nature. Like I know out in LA, like they, they, they modify the shit for this, just like in other areas that are like water, you know, prone when it comes to like hurricanes and floods and things of that nature, they change the architecture to fit, to make sense for the situation be better. Um, some of these buildings were, you know, applied this architecture, but other newer buildings weren't. And it's because of the situation where they were trying to like conserve this money and put it in other places. And I mean, I don't want to, I don't know corruption. Like I said, this shit's over my head. I don't know what's what, what, where's where, but essentially there's a lapse here where they were trying to be too frugal, I guess I'll say for, for ignorance sake with their budget. And they didn't put this architecture that could have been way more useful, way more helpful in a major earthquake like this that we know is inevitable. Like hearing that there's an earthquake tax that people in Turkey pay, I can't imagine the fury I feel on top of all this. That like, I'm here, I'm I'm in this rubble. I've maybe been in this rubble for days. Maybe I'm, but where was the support? And not to mention, like I said, you're, you're out now. And this is another thing I want to get into is that there's been such a lack of government assistance. There's been such a lack of, like, talking about the preparedness. Like, there's been no one on the street there. Like, people said they were waiting for days, that they went to government buildings, and there were literally just, like, four people working. Um, I believe that um, Erdogan's administration, like, did, like, a seven days of mourning. Also, I believe there's, like, three months, like, uh, of, like you know, kind of like a state of emergency type deal. So it's just a situation where it's like, you know, this is because and I've been thinking about this and kind of dwelling on it. Anytime that there's a natural disaster, you're always going to look to the administration and you're going to be upset because there's a loss of life, that there's there's massive damage to the infrastructure and you're looking to the government for help and assistance, and you're gonna count the cost. Where do they fuck up? You're gonna look at them with a microscope, as you should. And I think that the biggest problem here is that there are glaring issues. And then not to mention it, I think that they know that too, and that they're trying to run as much propaganda to counter that. And you're seeing a lot of like stories very angled, very different. You're seeing like, even with the aid, they're like, well, make sure you send the aid to these people and not those people. Like, that makes me very wary. It makes me very unsettled and, and honestly sad because at times like this, it shouldn't be about covering your ass. It should be about doing the right thing and doing the best. Now, also, there are also, like I said earlier, there's a lot of geopolitical issues at play, all that bullshit. Um, I believe in like one circumstance, there's like one main road and it's like through a mountain area. And that's really bottlenecking a lot of the aid and support because there's people who are trying to leave now that everything has happened. And then there's aid that's trying to get into these areas in Turkey and then also Syria. And there's just a lot of just congestion. And it's like, why aren't these other roads open? You're asking, like, shouldn't there be other ways in? Well, because of Turkey or because of Syria and because of Russia, having like an alliance and essentially saying, no, you guys can't use these roads and these being issues, like it's been slower to open up. Now I haven't gotten any updates in terms of like, I believe they've been kind of talking about saying, hey, we need to, you know, really work on this right now so that we can um, make this better, alleviate this problem, these issues. Um, To me, more on that. But um, also there's a lot of sanctions from the Western side against Syria and there's also a lot of talk of being like there's a bigger focus on Turkey and not Syria but both places are equally affected and in the situation in Syria it's terrible like they they do not have the infrastructure at all to handle this in a lot of situations they have people who are just living in situations that were already rough and so now this earthquake has come and it's it's made it even harder so it's it's definitely a heavy situation it's a lot going on it's another part of the reason why I wanted to like get up and do an episode and talk about some shit because it's been really big. Um, there's going to be some other discourse that I want to talk about um, in this this episode that maybe has kind of taken you know space on your feeds, um, but this has definitely just been something that was like wow, like 
Like I, I, a lot of natural disasters are happening. And also too, there's, there's others that I hope to maybe get to, but I know I built, I believe in Peru, there was one and maybe in, in Buffalo and like another area, there's a lot. Uh, and this is always happening. And sometimes I can only get the one, but I really do want to try to get as much as I can in terms of like the coverage so I can talk about shit. Um, but I do want to move along, you know, for the sake of time. Um, let's see from CNN. U.S. officials disclose new details about the balloon's capabilities. Here's what we know. Um, hopefully, if you're a uh, frequent flyer listener, if you're a newsie, you know what I'm about to be talking about since I said balloon. <laughs> um, we are talking about the Chinese surveillance balloon that has been on a little bit of an international tour, um, starting from Canada. Um, I believe it actually came through like Alaska or something like that. And that is actually because um, FBI or whatever has come up or, you know, you the U.S. officials or whatever, they've come out and disclosed more. Like, they've, they've, they've talked about shit. There's been more of a dialogue. Um, but essentially, because this has looked like a big gaffe, and there's been a lot of talk on both sides, you know, conservative, Democrat, you know, whatever, um, just really, like, saying, oh, we should have done this, we should have done that, a lot of armchair shit. Um, but I will say, it does kind of makes sense how this happened, at least from like the details I've, 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 you know, gathered. But essentially this balloon, which is this weird combination of low tech, but also a little bit of high tech, at least enough to kind of get a job done. Um, but it was like the size of like three buses, which is a fact I've kind of failed to mention the other two times I've talked about this. But I mean, it, it's a, it was a big motherfucker. And you know, it came through Alaska, Canada, and then came into the States. It was in Montana for a long time. That's when, like, it got a lot of news coverage. Um, and then it made its way through the Carolinas, like, you know, going, doing its whole little thing, being a balloon. And then we popped it uh, with a missile. So it fell into the ocean. And that area that it fell in was still within our like jurisdiction and that was planned and essentially we've been able to recover parts of it and so there's been more and more information trickling in about like what's been on it what's what was it doing but um i I have heard that it has been able to have like actual steering capabilities and all that kind of stuff um also to a little bit of a tangent um china has you know said some more stuff done some more stuff in terms of like they fired their weather chief. Um, also, I heard situations that maybe they've, like, um, fired, like, the person who was doing the survey, like, the the chairman of that, which I don't know if that was together or not. Maybe I've kind of got my wires crossed on that part. I'm not sure. Um, sadly, this is kind of like the telephone aspect of what I do, where I do kind of, you know, maybe flub. But it has been a very weird situation because, like, a lot of, like I said, with the conservatives, like, we should have shot it down. We should have shot it down right away. It should have never even got here. But then from the administration side or, you know, at least officials, whatever, they're saying we wanted to see what it was going to do. We also, once it was here, we didn't want to, um, you know, we didn't know it was in the balloon. So we just made, wanted to make sure we were tracking it and, you know, we were keeping everyone safe. And then we popped it at a safe distance. Um, I will say the most sus part, I guess, from my perspective, would be like, well, then why didn't you just blow it up before it came in? If you guys were that on it, right? Uh, and they said, well, we did want to actually get our hands on this balloon. And I'm like, eh. But this also kind of goes to show that this was almost like a low stakes thing, yeah? Because like I said earlier, there are so many ways to do this kind of surveillance. And this is such a low tech way to go about it. And like it got its little pictures. And I imagine that that was conveyed. Um, There's also, it had other technology. Like I said, they've been kind of like revealing other things that they've kind of found and they're finding more. Um, But it had like certain kind of capabilities, like modern, not monitoring, but like, I don't know. It was just doing a lot of data acquisition, I guess you could say. And that's obviously interesting, but it, it to me just seems very low stakes. And there's also been theories that there were people in that branch 
of like the military or whatever that were like saying, oh, we want to actually jam up U.S. China relations a little bit. We want to like stall things out because Blinken is supposed to be coming here soon. And there's at least theorizing, some might say propaganda yet again, who knows, um, that like, oh, they're trying to, they're trying to jam it up. There's like a, there's like a rogue wing and like in G's party. I don't know. So that's been floated out there, pun intended. Uh, but I haven't heard anything to stick that. So I don't know. It, it's definitely been weird. It's been interesting. Uh, Mitt Romney, like, weighed his two cents. Is like, yeah, I kind of thought that Biden handled it well, like, tactfully. Um, which I'm like, oh, okay, dude. Neat. I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> but, I mean, a lot of Republicans have, like, you know, said, hey, we don't like this. Blah, 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 blah. So, um, you know, Mitt Romney with the dissenting opinion was interesting. Also, I don't think I'm going to get to cover this, too. Speaking of Mitt Romney, um, Mitt Romney, like, called George Santos, like, embarrassing. Like, I think he was either before or after the State of the Union address. And uh, that was uh, kind of funny. <laughs> and because uh, it, it, it was like almost a hot mic. I don't know if they actually got them mic'd up like for it. Like I don't know if you could actually hear them. But you could like see them. You could lip read it. And it was super awkward. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I imagine we'll have more to come on this. Once again, sorry for doing a little bit of paraphrasing. But feel free to reference the article. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. From the Associated Press, reporter arrested during news event on Ohio, on Ohio train derailment. So yeah, um, there are some more developments here. Um, I, I, I had heard about this as wasn't my main focus when I actually like set to do the episode was talking about the specific event. But I will say I'm glad that I found this article because it, it's odd that they decided to arrest a man doing his job. Um, because they told him to like stop talking and then they told him to leave and they like it's like no you're supposed to be here um and, and i just feel like the excuse they used were like oh wait no sorry he was supposed to be here we like that that was wrong he shouldn't have been um so dewine tried to like pr it but it was a little too late and i'm like that's this is just this looks messy that that's how i would convey it but let me talk about the situation at hand um there was a derailment of a train carrying what i now have come to figure out um like a series of things, but some of the freight was, um, chemicals that are toxic. And, um, luckily still, there's no reported deaths or anything like that. But from what I've learned, um, just, you know, listening to like, you know, uh, this is a podcast suggestion. Listen to Swindled. Swindled is super good. Covers a lot of like, um, covers a lot of cons, matchstick kind of men type dudes, fraudsters, but a really cool thing that it talks about is, like, government, big company, like, environmental shit. Like, environmental scam. Like, I, I really want to say scams because it's, like, essentially, like, these guys are, like, spilling and dumping chemicals that are, like, giving people cancer and shit. And they're, like, we didn't do anything. Like, you can't prove that was us. And, like, literally, like, people have to, like, take them to court and do all the shit, which especially sometimes when it's like potentially government related it it's so eerie when that happens it's like yeah is are, are these people really going to watch the watchmen for real for real um so this situation uh i guess the people on site who were handling you know the whole derailment it was already bad like I, i've shared pictures before um you know big old smoke plume um that was recorded but they had a, decided that they were going to shoot one of the chemical or one of the, the chemical trains to, cause it was already like a critical situation. It was already hazardous. So like, we just have to force it now. We have to make it leak. And then from that leak, we can assess the situation, you know, things will be better. But, um, essentially this forced this big old, big plume. And it was literally like, it wasn't clouds anymore. It was just this chemical. It was very scary looking. Um, oh, excuse me. But it was um, just a very eerie situation. It's still ongoing. Um, they are, I think DeWine said like, hey, you guys can come back home because they actually wound up doing like more evacuations, more people, you know, going to like shelter areas, you know, just, you know, evacuating um, but they are saying, like, some places you should still, like, wait 
because I, I was hearing some stories of people being like, I went outside and I could smell it. I could smell something wrong, like something was bad. And then I went inside and it was worse. Like I realized like, oh my God, this is in here. So there's potentially like, hey, you should wait to maybe get your house tested because there's potentially a lot of long-term damage that can be taking place here. This whole town could be like kind of fucked. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I said it before, but the town in Ohio is East Palestine, East Palestine. East Palestine? I don't know. They say it a little different. <laughs> say it a little different in the Midwest, you know? Um, but yeah, okay. But to the meat of this article, a reporter was arrested. Um, da, 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 Evan Lambert. There we go. Um, he was arrested Wednesday in the gymnasium of an elementary school in East Palestine where Gov- Governor Mike DeWine was giving an update about the accident. Uh, Lambert was held for about five hours before being released from jail. Um, so like, I, I don't know if they were just kicking him out, like, because he was talking while he was talking. I guess that's how they're kind of conveying it. Um, but that was just like a weird flare up. Um, cause definitely if you're doing your job, you're just doing the journalism, like you should be allowed to do that. Um, freedom of the press, all that shit. So it was weird, but, like, that wasn't the point of why I got on and wanted to talk about it. I wanted to talk about the actual them doing the whole pew thing. Like, that was really weird, right? Um, And then also just to give an update on the situation. So hopefully I can, you know, provide more updates. Hopefully they can clear this out and people can get, hopefully, as close back to normal as possible. Um, Because, yeah, I just can't imagine, like, overnight, it's like a a train derailed. Okay, so there's a problem with the train, whatever. And it's like, no, it derailed, and there's, like, chemicals in here. Um, Chemicals. Um, All right, we're going to move along. Move along. I'm actually going to take a drink. I'm talking too much. All right. From the hill. The hill. Five big takeaways from President Biden's 2023 State of the Union address. Um, so, I mean, this is like kind of standard operating procedure. Um, president comes up, you know, he talks, he says, hey, you know, here's where we're at as a nation. Here's where I want us to go. Yada, yada, yada. Um, trying to think, you know, obviously referenced this a little bit earlier. Um, there were some hot mics after the fact, kind of whatever we'll see um but here's some you know i guess some highlights uh let's see let's see let's see he congratulated speaker kevin mccarthy on his new role turning around to shake the hand of the smiling californian i don't want to ruin your reputation but i look forward to working with you biden joked um that did get some reactions people ha 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 guffawed um then um, also it's kind of noted that um, McCarthy was supposed to, quote unquote, uphold decorum, which essentially is like, hey, like I'm I'm the speaker of the house. Like I- I'm going to make sure that everyone's wrangled here. Like no one's going to be weird. Like as much as they're going to get is maybe some like jeers or whatever. Maybe like uh, it's supposed to be a very low key formal experience. But um I gotta say, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene came to upset it. And she definitely came through with, like, an all-white with, like, some fur. Like, I was like, she was coming to be a villain. (laughs) Um, she was booing. Um, there were people heckling. Um, it it, it did get a little rowdy, that's for sure. But I will say, uh, in uh, Joe's defense, he handled it pretty well. He, uh, kind of guided it along, um... From what I saw, I didn't, like, watch it all. I just kind of got a little bit of highlights, caught a little bit of clips. Um, but, I mean, he seemed, seemingly just handled it all right. Um, and, like I said, did get some actually decent reactions, um, which we'll kind of get into. Um, he did go into some highlights, which, I mean, to me, uh, you could say a little bit lackluster. Kind of like, yeah, you did a little bit, not a ton, but, you know. Let's see here. I'm also looking right now at Marjorie Taylor Green, her little fur, little necklace. Um, let's hear some more. 14 years ago, Representative Joe Wilson received widespread criticism after he shouted, You lie! 
at the then President Obama during an address at the joint um, session of Congress. So, like, he, like, got shit for that. Whereas, like, now you could just literally, like, just boo, say, like, whatever you wanted. Um, let's see. Biden was heckled repeatedly by Republicans during his address. One of the louder examples came when Representative Andy Ogles, um, who's Republican from Tennessee, accused him of being to blame for the estimated 70,000 plus American deaths per year from fentanyl. It's your fault, Ogle shouted. Um, he confirmed he shouted the remark, or shouted, he confirmed his shouted remark at Biden to the Hill after the address. So, I mean, he said it with his chest. Um, let's see. Yada, yada, yada. There's some other stuff I wanted to talk about. He does um, bring up the death of Tyree Nichols. Um, which was, um, at first when I, I kind of read it, I was like, oh, it kind of gave me a little bit of the, eh, I don't know, but I, I was able to watch it and that kind of helped. Um, Biden recalled how he had never had to have the talk with his children, commonplace among black Americans, in particular about how to minimize the dangers if they were to be stopped by the police. Uh, the president recounted some of the advice often given in such conversations, keeping... Uh, such as keeping hands on the steering wheel and turning on the vehicle's interior lighting immediately. And that is some shit that, like, my dad actually, you know, talks to me about. Um, not necessarily in those words. And also, I mean, I guess I, I got to say this for, you know, lore. Um, my, my dad who raised me, biological dad, he was a white man. And... A lot of the stuff, he was a very reserved man. He didn't want to, like, necessarily tell me how to live. He just wanted to be a good example. And that was an important thing. And that's something I always respected and loved about my dad. But there would be times where he would be like, Isaiah, you got to be careful. You got to be aware. I'm not telling you this because I'm trying to discipline you. I'm telling you this because I know how they're going to be. And, um, that was one of those things where when I got pulled over for the first time, I, I really experienced it. And I was like, this is why, like, and people are like, why are you scared? If you're not doing anything wrong, like, don't be scared. Like, and it's like, no, like, you just do not know how it's going to go every time you get pulled over. You just don't. And, and I think that's just something that people take for granted and honestly, just going to say it because of the color of your skin. Like, you just don't think about it if you're white. You just don't. Like, sometimes maybe if you've if you've had bad run-ins, you do. And I think it changes then. You you get the, the, you get the same energy, you understand. But, like, if you don't, then it's just like, oh, like, there's nothing wrong. Like, there's nothing, there's no issue. Um, I don't see this problem. <laughs> I love when people say, I don't see racism. Um... But even, and this is from a person who's had good experiences. Let me say that. Like, I haven't had a situation where I've been pulled out of the car beaten. I've had situations where I've like been harassed by a cop or hassled, but not to a point where I'm like, I'm afraid for my life. And I'm very blessed for that. You know, I will thank the Lord above or whoever for that. <laughs> but um, that fear, that instinct, it's always there. Um... So I'm glad he he referenced that. Um, he then kind of flips it, though, to talk to Congress to finish the job on police reform, which is like, uh, OK, Joe, thanks. Like, yeah, we're, we're going to reform our way through this issue. Just like we were going to defund. Like, no, you're not doing anything with this bullshit. I, I would like to see this reform. Let me not get too angry here. But like to say that that is a. A uh, feather in the cap for your fucking administration to plead with Congress to do fucking something, which we all know they won't do. Like, the, the shit he's talking about is like the George Floyd Act. Like, shit like that. Like, it's not happening. And, and now we're trying to do this too, bro. Like, I guess keep trying. Keep pushing, Joe. Keep trying to finish the job. But, I mean, hey, it was something. Um, Then let's see here. Uh, Biden snares GOP in a trap on Medicare and Social Security. Also, I feel like the Hill's a little bit spicy here. Uh, whoever wrote this was a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little sassy. Um, 
but essentially he kind of ropes them into this conversation where he goes, yeah, let's just read. Biden laid out his case that some Republicans wanted to sunset the programs, um, talking about like Social Security, Medicare, um, uh, Congress speak for allowing legislation to lapse. The president was clearly alluding to a plan from Senator Rick Scott, um, who's a representative, a Republican from Florida, uh, released last year which did indeed call for all federal legislation to either be reauthorized every five years or lapse. Uh, Biden's mention of the Scott plan caused a near uproar from Republicans, perhaps because Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, from Kentucky had disavowed Scott's proposal virtually as soon as it was issued. So essentially... He's kind of doing a little bit of razzle dazzle here, where he's like hyping up a a my like a I would say it was it was a minor moment on the Republicans' end, but it did happen. It is real, and it also goes to show that probably Scott's not alone. He didn't just come up with that idea in the dark, and it's just him. I'm sure he had at least a few other people who would potentially maybe come along with that, and maybe they could put more numbers on it. Or, because that's the thing, if you can just get this to happen, it's like, hey, I'm not saying we're going to let it lapse. We're just going to, like, look at it every five years. But the fact that it could lapse is something they could do and just be like, yeah, fuck all old people. You're on your own. Good luck. GG. (laughs) Um, And obviously they were pissed about hearing, like, hearing him word it that way, convey it that way. And they reacted, which is what you want because that's so clippable. Um. And he goes, okay, okay, okay. So you're, you're you're obviously oh you're not on board with that. That's good. That's good. Um, and he he goes and this is, um, but then Biden used the GOP's reaction to emphasize his point that no cuts at all should be made to the programs. He said he would protect the programs, but added Riley. Apparently, it's not going to be a problem. I don't know why I made him transatlantic news guy, but, <laughs> um. But yeah, so I mean, he's he's doing a little dipping and dodging. He's 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 doing a little bit he best he can, Jack. Um, and then also there's Sarah Huckabee, who is um, Arkansas's governor. Um, da, 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 da. But she was yeah, she was President Trump's uh, White House press secretary. I realized I'd recognize her. I'm like, why am I like seeing her out and about in the house? Um, so yeah, that was a that was a thing. Um, also a little bit of random tangent news. I think she like outlawed use of uh, Latin X, um, like in like house discussions or whatever, um, which I guess is like arguably based from some perspectives because I I know some people I've seen this kind of talk where it's like we don't want to be called that like we just actually ask who we like where we're from where we originate why don't you like do the work, um, or at the very worst just say Latin and I and I get that as a black man like the whole African American you gotta say African American okay. Now, me personally, I kind of didn't care. You can call me African-American. You're going to be black. Um, I think my my one thing, though, where I, I kind of don't like the, the black thing, where it's like sometimes people, you they say black and they just put too much stank on it. It's like, if you want to be racist, just just say that. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to say the color in such a, a malicious way. God damn. But honestly, I do prefer black personally. I, I, it's just easier. Like, it, it's less of a mouthful black i'm black like you know what i am like you, you know what this is like well you're actually brown like oh vomit just call me black <laughs> but anyway um you know she did her thing she said her shit um they let her cook um she's she's really definitely like you know got a fox news style approach which makes sense she she was a press secretary under trump so uh that adds up so um Jesus Christ, I feel like I've been running long. God, this is like the longest episode I've done in a while. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, man. And I got I got one more thing. I got one more thing before I let you go. And I'm going to take my break. You know me. Classic me. Oh, yeah. Okay, and this is going to be some trigger warning, I guess I should say that. 
I don't know if you've if you've waited through my timeline, you'll understand why I'm a little bit apprehensive to talk about this. Um, but trigger warning: I'm about to talk about the Wizard game. I'm just gonna word it that way because that's how the discourse has been going. Um, from from CNN, Hogwarts Legacy breaks record before official release despite controversy. So. Um, if you've been living in a cave, if you've been hanging out at Bikini Bottom, or if you're just a normal person who's not chronically online, then maybe you haven't heard about what's going on here. What's, what's, what I'm about to get into. But, um, Harry Potter is, I guess, officially dropping tomorrow, Friday, the 10th, but it's had an early game launch. You know, streamers have gotten their hands on it. Also, um... I believe you could like early download it uh, yesterday um, if you like bought it, pre-ordered it, whatever. Which, by the way, I believe there was 10 million pre-orders. Um, let's see. This is definitely a you know triple A game. Uh, I, I, I'm talking about it as if like when I say the words Harry Potter, you don't know what the fuck I'm talking. Like obviously, you know, like it is Harry Potter. They've made it an open world experience in the situation. Um, they set the the setting in the 1800s, the late 1800s. I guess I'm reading here. Um, but um, it's been a big talk in terms of. Harry Potter games, which is one of those things that this isn't obviously the first Harry Potter game. I, I remember a lot of uh, Harry Potter, Lego Harry Potter. That was a big one. Um, I don't know. Personally, I'm not super huge on Harry Potter. I read up to the fourth one and I was down. And then I got to the fifth one and I was like, what are we doing? What are, what are we doing here? And I, I just fell off the series. Um, also, like, I, I watched some of the movies. I wasn't really digging them. I've seen the last one, and I was like, oh, cool. Y'all finally, like, do some cool wizard shit. <laughs> like, it's not, like, a big, long talk, and then we, like, see Voldemort for five seconds or whatever. Um, so I was like, okay, I, I, I guess that's cool. I, I've talked to other people about, like, my gripes with the story, the whatever. But, um, so this is big property. Big IP. And, um... It, this game being open world, it just hits different to a lot of people. I think it it it's for tr- and it's also backed by like a triple A you know situation. Um, I forget the exact studio or whatever, but you know essentially uh, uh, by Avalanche and Warner Brothers Discovery. So I mean these are big big money backing this shit. And um, I will say, <clears throat> let me burp. Well, maybe maybe not. <clears throat> Sorry, it's it's definitely got a lot of kerfuffle, and then like, well, what, what, what's the big deal? Once again, if you've been living under fucking you know Mount Rock, um, J.K. Rowling has definitely come uh, and popped off in a big way in terms of being a turf. Um, she's very much against trans rights. She comes under the the idea that women are women, like biological women are women, and if you're not, then you're not. You're just a man, or this or that, and. Um, it's just been this really sad fucking just progression for her of just getting worse and worse and trolling harder and harder. And not to mention, you know, this is a person who's made so much fucking money. And she has been very vocal and very loud in her support of being anti-trans or being a turf. And it's a shame. It's a fucking shame. Because whether or not you like... Harry Potter as a property, whether or not, you know, you hate it, it, this, it's a big deal to people. Like it means a lot to them. And, um, it's become this big divisive thing. It's been really sad to see people be like, oh, if you play this game, you're not an ally. You're not with trans people. You don't support them. You don't support us. And, um, you know, I don't like you. And then they talk a lot of shit. Um, there's also been, I guess you could say, a quote-unquote uh, push or aggression. Because like initially there was a boycott. They were saying, hey, let's boycott this game. But something I've learned with Chick-fil-A or, I don't know, insert big thing here. 
when you say, hey, we're going to just stop doing it, we're going to stop eating, we're going to stop taking in this media, we're going to stop consuming, then then what? Like, because the, the things still happen. People still are going to go out and on default consume the thing. Um, you know, talking with Chick-fil-A, like, we talk so much shit, oh, Chick-fil-A is so mid, oh, it's so gross, oh, I hate it. And then you also talk about the real shit, because this is where it is important, is that they fund and support homophobic bullshit. They make it a platform because they're so Christian. Like, bullshit. You're doing that for money, bro. Y'all close on Sunday for money. And don't lie about that. I hate that. But that's... It, it's a shame that it divides people up. Because there's plenty of people who just go, oh, yeah. Like, I like Chick-fil-A, though. I'm going to eat Chick-fil-A. Because sure enough, if you go in the line, it's going to be popping with people ready to serve you. <laughs> um... With fucking iPads, they're so intense with that shit, but they have the money to do it. And they're always going to have the money to do it, sadly, because you're not going to starve them out like that. Like, I'm not saying it's impossible, but you have to go through a whole another way of means and just simply saying we're not going to consume it. Um, And I think the fallback here is for people to then just be like, okay, well, I'm just going to then troll people as hard as I can who like this game, who support this game. I'm going to just be anti them. And I get that. Like, it sucks. Um, it, I always feel weird when, like, people want to talk about H.P. Lovecraft. Um, because I'm like, oh, yeah, Cthulhu's cool. Like, all right, I like spooky stuff. Actually, I don't like spooky shit. Like, it's not hard for me to not like um, H.P. Lovecraft. Because I don't like Eldritch Horror. Like, it's just not for me. But that being said, I could appreciate the art. I could appreciate... Uh, a good story, interesting shit. But what I can't appreciate is when someone is racist. <laughs> like it's hard. It's very hard, and it's to the point where yeah, it sours me on the whole thing. I don't like it. But I understood. For me, it's a losing battle to fight with people over that. Like, how could you like that? How could you support that? How could you? Oh, well, mama, it just it doesn't work for me. So I can't be that way on these other issues when they come up. So when I have friends who want to play the game, I'm like, yeah, dude, go off. Tell me about it. What is your experience? Just like I'm talking about anything else. Because I know that this person isn't secretly trying to, like, put in and subterfuge their their hate for trans people. Now, I'm not saying that, like, the way I view this and go about it is the end-all, be-all way. I can't say that. I'm sure there are people who could come and talk to me and really have something to say that's worthwhile here that I'm not hitting or and I'm missing on for sure and I would love to have that conversation but I do feel like it is counterproductive to do the infighting to do the backbiting to go against your person to do the whole civil war-ish style thing like what do you accomplish after you do that like I've seen people be like oh we're gonna post spoilers of the game what does that do like, what does that do? Like, I've talked to people who've played this game. They're like, yeah, that's lame. That's weird. But they, they did that. I, I, all right. I'm still going to keep playing the game. It, it didn't unbuy the game. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't take money out. I mean, and people are like, and there's also more dialogue discourse here. I keep saying that word. I love it. That I love that word this week. Um, where people are saying, hey, like, J.K. Rowling is going to make money on this. Why are you supporting it? Why are you endorsing it? Once again, it made this money on pre-orders. It was an inevitable thing. Sadly, this is just like breathing. Once again, I said it before, I'll say it again. It's not the best thing in the world. It's not like it's changing your life if you've never fucked with Harry Potter. <laughs> um, but people love it. People base their whole lives around that shit. <laughs> I had an ex. She was so loyal to Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like... I'm just like, yeah, Sirius Black is cool. Like, and then they and then they killed him. <laughs> I'm like, fuck this shit, man. Um, and and honestly, I just it's it's either it's telling or unfortunate that J.K. Rowling couldn't even like expand on this fucking universe. Like, it was kind of done. She made like nothing after this, and now you just have to go back to prequels. But then some people were like, yeah, because she just ran out of fucking material. That was the best she could do. That was her magnum opus. Um. Because, yeah, she sure is not spitting anymore. Like And like I said, back then. Also, there's another thing, too. I mean, I could talk about this forever and ever. And I'm sorry I'm going so long on it. But, um... God, it's about to be my longest episode. Fuck. Um, actually, no, it's not. Not if we're talking about the old episodes. Um, 
Where was I? <laughs> I'm brain farting. I'm going to have another drink, actually. But, oh, man, I really lost my thought. And I'm sorry about that. And, and hopefully, like I said, I don't want to be a type of person who is, you know, talking over someone or anything like that. Because I've, I've had that feeling before. It's, it sucks. Um, definitely do not support J.K. Rowling as a person. Um, like I said, she's definitely not done anything post this. It's just been a bunch of drivel. It's just been a bunch of trolling, um, word vomit. And it's, it's a shame. Um, because if she could have just shot the fuck up about this, probably would have been like, okay, you could just be a bad person in silence, but instead you've chose to like prop up these things and support these bad things and like spread this message. And that is a true thing. That is definitely a real thing and it sucks. And, um, it's sad that that's going to be an eternal part of this whole conversation, her legacy, if you will. Oh, I think I did get in the weeds about her money. Um, she is getting a cut from royalties, but outside of that, she's, I mean, which is still a big chunk of money, but that's already like a set determined thing. Once again, it was going to happen. You trolling your friends, you, you know, blacklisting them or whatever. That's not going to change anything. But at the same time, I've totally done that because when I had the conversation about Dave Chappelle, I was getting people going long in my fucking comments and fucking DMing me. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm fucking done with it. Dude, I unfriended you for a reason. You know, I, I have to do that for my own peace. And I totally get that if you have to do the same. I still do that. The snooze button is a good is a good thing for me. Because um, sometimes you just got to you got to just get away from that shit. You got to give yourself 30 days or whatever. Sometimes it's got to be a permanent vacation for some people, you know, and that's OK. Um, you know, I always hope that that's not me that you're having to do that from, but I totally get it if you do. I get that, you know, for sure. Um, on that note, um, once again, I'm so sorry for taking up so much of your time and I appreciate you so much for listening to my crazy rants about news and stuff and life and times and food. (laughs) Um, no shill mode today. I'm tired. Um, I love you guys. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. Bye-bye. Mwah.